Um, as Pastor Friend said, my name is Joel Rasmussen. Um, I did have the privilege to graduate in the first class from uh, what was known as Medicine Link Lutheran Academy at the time. I am nervous, um, and I have a five-month-old child, so if I look tired, I am. Um, so, yeah, I had the privilege to be a youth leader at this church when uh, Phil and Nate and Zach started, uh, so I've had the privilege to watch them. And some of you guys grow up. I've watched some of you guys play basketball since seventh grade. Um, you guys have improved. Um, so that's, that's pretty fun. Um, so a huge congratulations. You guys are graduating. Um, I was talking to Katie and Nate before the service, and it's a surreal feeling, right? Um, you've known this group of 30 people for at least one year. Some of you have gone here since kindergarten, right? That's amazing. Um, so statistically, did you know that you've completed approximately 12,155 classroom hours? Blew my mind, too. That's a big deal. Parents, more so for you, that's a big deal. Um, you've had to push them, love them, encourage them, maybe fight with them a little bit. Um, but it's pretty incredible. Um, I want you guys to know that each and every single one of you have been prayed for by name, um, by this church, um, by myself and my five-month-old son. He typically will coo and grunt and cry a little bit, uh, but I'm pretty sure he's saying your names. Um, but know that you have been prayed for, and you will be prayed for. Um, so this morning I have a question for you. Um, I think it's one of the most important questions that you and all of us can answer for the rest of our lives. Um, that question is, where is your faith? Um, a lot of times we get asked, how is your faith? But I think that question means volume. Um, and I think that's a dangerous question because even the faith the size of a mustard seed is more than enough. And that's pretty, pretty amazing. So my question for you is, where is your faith? Um, I hope this is something that you can ask each other over the coming weeks, months, years, and challenge one another to grow in your faith. You guys have been afforded a, afforded a pretty incredible opportunity to attend HCA, have Bible classes and chapels that have been equipping you uh, for graduation and heading out to the rest of your life. Um, we're going to be looking at a very familiar story, and that story is uh, the story of Noah's Ark. It's an incredible story of faith, uh, a faith that I hope each of you, each of, each of us, all of us, strives for every single day. Um, Genesis 6 through 9 is a very long passage. I'm going to cheat today, and we're going to read from the Jesus Storybook. Uh, this is the book my son and I read very often, um, so I figured that'd be okay with everyone that we don't go through all three chapters. Um, so I hope you guys don't mind. I'd like to pray first, and then I'm going to ask five of you to come up back and actually read this story. Um, so think about which one of you wants to come, and I'm a patient man, so I'll wait until I get five of you. Um, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your love for us, that reckless love that was just sung about. Um, Lord, I pray that you will uh, speak through me, help these words to be none of my own, but all from you, Lord. I thank you, I praise you, and I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I get five of you? There's pictures, so it's fun. <laughs> Two more. 
Perfect. One more. Thank you, Phil. So just come up. Each of you read a page. If you want to show the congregation the picture, you sure can. All right. So time passed and many people filled the earth. Everyone everywhere had forgotten about God and were only doing bad things all the time. Uh, God's heart was filled with pain when he saw what had happened to the world he loved. Everywhere was disease and death and destruction, all the things God hates most. Now, Noah was God's friend, which was odd in those days because no one else was. Noah listened to God. He talked to God. He just loved being with God like you do with your best friend. Noah, God said, these things have gone wrong. People have filled my world with hate instead of love. They're destroying themselves and each other and my world. I must stop them. First, we'll build an ark. Do you know how to build an ark? Neither did Noah. Luckily, God knew, and he would show him. Building the ark here <laughs> for you all to see. Um, storm is coming, God told Noah, but I will rescue you. I promise I'll send the animals to you, ones that creep and crawl and slither and slime and gallop and hop and bound and climb. And don't forget to pack everyone's food. The storm was going to wash away all the hate and sadness and everything that had gone wrong and make the world clean again. God had thought up a way to keep Noah safe, but Noah would have to trust God and do exactly what God told him. So Noah built an ark, short for very large boat. Noah's neighbors came out to watch and point and laugh because they didn't believe Noah about the boat or the storm or needing to be rescued. And Noah must have looked rather silly. His boat was in the desert. The desert was nowhere near the sea, and there wasn't even a cloud in the sky. Why would anyone need an umbrella, let alone a boat? Um, but Noah didn't mind so much what other people thought. He minded what God thought. So he just did what God told him to do. When the ark was ready, God said, all aboard. And Noah's family and all the animals climbed inside. Then God shut the door. And it started raining for minutes that joined up into hours, that joined up into days, that joined up into weeks and weeks. And the rain joined up into puddles that joined up into rivers, that joined up into lakes, that joined up into a flood that covered the whole world. Their boat had once seemed so big, it suddenly seemed very small. But in the middle of the huge storm and the crashing waves and all the thunder and lightning through it all, God was with them. And God kept them safe for 40 long days and 40 long nights. Finally, the rain stopped. The sun came out and Noah threw open all the windows. Hooray, everyone shouted. Noah sent his dove out to explore, and it wasn't long before she brought him back a fresh olive leaf. Everyone knew exactly what that meant. She had found a tree and land. The water was going down. Cam? 
Нет. At last, the boat landed quite suddenly on top of a great mountain. As soon as it was safe, God said, Out you come. So they did, everyone skipping and dancing onto dry land. The first thing Noah did was to thank God for rescuing them, just as he had promised. And the first thing God did was make another promise. I won't ever destroy the world again. And like a warrior who puts away his bow and an arrow at the end of a great battle, God said, See, I have hung up my bow in the clouds. And there in the clouds, just where the storm meets the sun, was a beautiful bow made of light. It was a new beginning in God's world. It wasn't long before everything went wrong again, but God wasn't surprised. He knew this would happen. That's why, before the beginning of time, he had another plan, a better plan. A plan not to destroy the world, but to rescue it. A plan to one day send his own son, the rescuer. God's strong anger against hate and sadness and death would come down once more. But not on his people or his world. No, God's war bow was not pointing down at his people. It was pointing up into the heart of heaven. Thank you. Um, today, I have that question for you, for all of you. Where is your faith? Um, I can't assume that everyone in this room is a Christian. Um, I don't think that would be fair to do. Um, I, I hope and pray that, that we are, uh, but I can't assume that. Uh, today I'm going to share um, from my heart. I'm going to be transparent with you. I'm going to be vulnerable. I might cry. I've already laughed, so I took care of that. Um, but I have three things for you. Um, the, the first one is your walk, your faith walk as a Christian won't always make sense. Um, I can promise you that. Um, but even in the times it doesn't make sense, God provides the answers. Um, let's look at Noah, the ark. That didn't make sense. There's a boat in the middle of a desert. There hadn't even been rain yet. Historical times, there's no Christians. It didn't make sense for Noah to be a Christian. It would have been way easier for him to just join everybody else and hate God um, and, and do everything that they were doing. Um, going back to the, ark, the, the size of the ark, we'll get to the math of that later. But that thing was massive. And all of the animals. Who's going to ask one family to take two or more of every single animal in a giant floating crate? Noah wasn't a carpenter. He didn't know what he was doing at all. God did. God gave him the direction and led Noah through the process. So God may call you guys to do something that doesn't make sense at all or might seem incredibly impossible. Picture this with me for a few minutes. Imagine a young boy growing up on a farm in North Carolina. His favorite book was Tarzan, uh, so much that he would swing from the trees doing the Tarzan call not going to do that today. Um, he would frighten animals. He would frighten people. This boy, as a teenager, um, this was interesting to me. He apparently applied to be part of the local youth group. Um, I thought people could just be parts of the youth group, but apparently he had to apply and was rejected. He was too worldly. He wasn't accepted at all. Now imagine this boy grew up to be 
obviously a man, and this man is one of the most influential evangelists of our time. His name is Billy Graham. So this is a small example, but a boy that was rejected from church for being too worldly. I just think it's a fun fact that he loved Tarzan. But he was called from a small farm to be one of the greatest evangelists that we will ever know. So what about you guys? If God calls you to build an ark, um, he promised he wouldn't flood the earth again, but what if? Uh, be an evangelist. Be the next Mozart or Picasso. Will you use your talents to glorify God and proclaim his faith in him? Again, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to make sense. Um, I'll give you a little foreshadow of what my next point is. It's not going to be easy. But God will guide you. I'm very certain that there's times that you want to give up and walk away from your faith. This is the transparent part I have. I've wanted to walk away from my faith numerous times. I've struggled in my faith a lot. Um, it's not easy. And like we talked about, it doesn't make perfect sense. Um, we're going to talk about Noah again. In any children's book that you read, like this one, um, we hear the story where Noah was mocked and made fun of. If you actually read the biblical account, which I had to read multiple times, it doesn't actually say he was mocked and made fun of. Um, I actually called my two favorite pastors. Sorry, Pastor Franz, I didn't call you. <laughs> because I was so, so certain that the Bible said that they were mocked and made fun of. However, historically, if you look at different commentaries, um, I looked at Matthew Henry's, we know that at that time, Noah did not find favor in the eyes of men. They hated and persecuted him because both his life and his preaching condemned the world. So with the understanding of the historical time when Noah built the ark, we can come to the conclusion that it was most certainly not an easy time for him as he was building this monstrosity of a crate with no water in sight. This, just, this is just the people side of it. There's also the times of the physical aspect of serving God. And have you ever really looked at the size of the ark? 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. So what does that equate to? A cubit is approximately 18 inches. So doing some quick math, 450 feet long, approximately one and a half football fields. 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. That's just the outside. The inside had three levels with enough rooms for two or more of every animal to fit inside. We don't know how many people helped Noah, but that's not, what I, that's not something that I would call easy to, to build that and think they didn't have the tools that we have today. So it was, it was pretty tough. So you're about to leave Heritage. A lot of you will be moving out of your parents' house potentially moving across the country, even across the world at some point. You'll be leaving what is known to be comfortable for you. Likely, you're not going to have a group of 30 friends that you can lean on and spiritually encourage. You, like Noah, you might be mocked or ridiculed for your faith. Not easy, but worth it. As we already talked about, I graduated from Heritage. Um, after that, I attended a Bible college uh, to continue to grow in my faith. Along the way, I, I met some pretty incredible friends, lifelong friends. Um, some of those friends, like you guys, grew up in Bible-believing homes um, with God-fearing parents. And unfortunately, some of those parents or some of those friends of mine have grown to be atheists 
or agnostic or not believe anything at all. In my faith walk, this has been something that's been very hard for me to, to see, to be a part of, uh, to have friends that prayed with me and talked about God's word, completely turned their back on the Lord. Um, still pray for them, absolutely. Um, still am very good friends with them because I believe that as Christians, we're, we're called to be friends to those that don't love Jesus. Um, I pray that that is not something that happens to anybody in this sanctuary. So where is your faith? That's a question I think you guys can continue to ask each other. Pray for one another. Um, I'm, I want to give you some practical advice that has changed my life. Um, as you go to college or as you go to the work field, get plugged into a church. Have mentors and friends that will help you through hard and confusing times. These are all things that are crucial for your faith in Jesus Christ um, and the rest of your life. Uh, For myself and my wife, we've been blessed by the school, this congregation. And over the last five to seven years, we've been going through a pretty tough journey in our life. Um, And that journey is to become parents. Um, And we've had some pretty incredible friends like Jim and Gwen um, and Wayne and Karen in this congregation that have prayed with us and loved us. Um, as Pastor Fran said, that journey took a pretty amazing turn in March um, when we got to fly to California and meet our son. Um, told you I'd cry. Ezra, he's a beautiful little boy. changed our lives. But what I don't want you to get caught up on the fact that I'm emotional. I want you to get caught up in the fact that we had people that prayed for us, that wrapped our arms around us and loved us. I hope you guys have that your whole life. I hope you find that. Um, at times it can be awkward to say, hey, will you be my mentor, or will you pray with me? But I beg of you, encourage you to do that. Um, Your class verse, Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. What an incredible verse to hold on to the rest of your life. And I feel like it fits perfectly with what we're talking about today. It's not going to make sense at times. It's not going to be easy. But my third point, it's worth it. There's a huge promise for us in, in, in this passage. No endured the confusing and the hard. But God made a promise to him even before the flood in verse 618. He said, but I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your son's wife with you. That promise was on the front end. God promised that if Noah did all that he commanded him, that he would be saved. He also gave an incredible promise at the end of the flood in Psalm 9, 12 through 17. This promise was for Noah, but it's also for each and every single one of us. He's not going to destroy the earth with a flood again. He also gave an incredible promise later in Scripture that if we have faith in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, just like Noah, we'll be saved from destruction. In this case, it's not a flood. It's eternal destruction. The most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. 
I hope that each one of you, all of you, has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today and for the rest of your life. If that's not something that you know today, please, please, please talk to your parents, talk to your pastor. I'd love to talk to you with you after the service. That's the biggest decision of your life. And I firmly believe that, to follow Christ. So I'm just going to leave you with that same question. Where is your faith? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for sending your one and only Son to die on the cross for our sins, that, that we can escape that destruction through your Son, through a shed blood. Lord, I thank you for this group of seniors and what a great class they are and the talents that they have. Lord, I pray that they will use those talents to glorify you for the rest of their lives. I pray for the next three to four days of high school that you will help them grow together and grow in you, Lord. And I just thank you, I praise you, and I love you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.